guys, you're interested in history, right? Yeah! yeah. Well, I've got a great podcast for you guys. Yeah? What is it? It's the History Encoded Podcast. It's a history podcast, but instead of the usual boring facts, history's told in a story form. That's interesting. Exactly! The format keeps it interesting and engaging. What kind of history do they talk about? Is it stuff like the Romans and the Mongols? Yeah, but it goes deeper than that. Right now they're doing a series on the history of religions. Oh wow, so this is not just a generic history podcast? That's right! You can find all this on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify Podcasts. That's not a real thing, it's just Spotify. That's the History Encoded Podcast, right? That's right, the History Encoded Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Politics and War, the online political strategy game where you get to create your own country and compete with thousands of other players diplomatically, militarily, and economically. Yes, Politics and War is a free-to-play with limited microtransactions to ensure that the game is fair and not pay-to-win. Play for free in your browser at politicsandwar.com or download the Politics and War app on the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Politics and War. Exploring Middle-Earth is a Lord of the Rings lore podcast where... What the heck? Did you just hear that? Yeah, go check it out. Okay. What the heck? Uh, hello? Can I help you? What did he say? He said Shire Baggins. Uh, who are you? His name is Shire Baggins? I think that's all he knows how to say. What do you need? Shire Baggins. I don't know what you're talking about. Shire. Stop saying that. Hey man, we can't help you, so why don't you just be on your way? If he says that one more time, I'm gonna go up there and give him an old knuckle sandwich. Yeah, you hungry, buddy? Alright. Ah! Ouch, dude. What the heck? That's it. Oof! Owie! Let's get him, boys! That was weird. Yeah, let's, uh, let's get back to the podcast. I think I hurt my finger. That was really weird. Anyway, Exploring Middle-Earth is a Lord of the Rings lore podcast where my friends and I talk about Tolkien's works. My name is Zach Norman, and I'm the resident Tolkien idiot of the podcast. I'm a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. I've seen all the movies tons of times, but when it comes to the books, I've read about a book and a half. I'm, I'm Grant Mulder. I'm the resident Tolkien expert, and uh, I love all things Tolkien. I love the books, love the movies. I've played some of the video games which are uh not technically part of Tolkien's universe but I'm I guess what you'd consider an expert on this podcast uh yeah and I'm Jay and I am in between Grant and Zach with my Tolkien lore uh I've read most (laughs) of the books and previously on this podcast I had slept through all the movies but whoa I watched The Fellowship of the Ring last week. Whoa. The extended Whoa. edition. Wow. Okay. Whoa. I, yeah, wow, so that's big. I haven't watched any other ones yet, but I do have one thing to say about it. Um, why won't Frodo close any door? He walks into his house <laughs> and leaves the door open every single time. And that was my one big takeaway from the movie. Wow, that's great. Big if true. That's a good yeah. takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, wa- okay, he walks into the house like three times. There's... When he's going in for the uh, to see Bilbo the first time, then after Gandalf is back there after he sends Bilbo away and he comes in, and then the ring's on the ground and Frodo picks up the ring, and then um, one more time before Frodo leaves, and each time he leaves the door open and doesn't close it, 
And it's even worse in the last two times because the Nazgul are after him. Dang. Speaking of the Nazgul. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of the yeah. Nazgul. So, so Jay and Grant have been dragging me along on a quest to discover more We're of J.R.R. Tolkien's vast legendarium. Tearing me across the world just through the mud. I forgot what uh, we saw we explore Middle Earth piece by piece. <laughs> yeah. So, today's spooky topic is the Nazgul. Ooh, Ooh spooky. Welcome to the Halloween special. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, let's kick it off. Yeah, I'll kind of go in a, a little bit about just the basics of the Nazgul. The Nazgul are the ring wraiths so you'll see them in the movies they're the um the black riders they have many different names but um you'll see them in the beginning of the fellowship of the ring and throughout the movies obviously in there they're in the books but um and they've got they're the they're the wraiths with black robes on you know and you know it is um, i know now because i watch them yeah good job I know what yeah they look like so uh <laughs> the uh the ring race uh during the late second age this is kind of like the very beginning of it um, but during the late Second Age, the uh, Nazgul were warriors and kings and wizards of men, originally, who were gifted the Nine Rings of Power by Sauron and were later corrupted by his malice through the rings and turned into wraiths. So that's why the race, they were originally mortal men um, and powerful mortal men at that. And uh, they were pretty much dominated by the power of the one ring through the nine rings that they had and they had extended lives because they wore the rings and they kind of faded into nothingness and became wraiths and they became part of the wraith world or the unseen world so they weren't they didn't have a physical form in the actual physical world but they could still kind of you know they could still kind of go around the physical world as wraiths and the only reason you can see them in like uh, in the movies is because they are clothed in actual robes so they can wear like clothing and they can like hold swords and stuff like that so but if they weren't wearing clothes they'd be invisible they'd be invisible yeah well, dang. Yeah. So and can't naked ever, can't ever see them naked and they would technically be naked yeah. <laughs> dang so there could be a naked nazgul around anywhere and you wouldn't know right next to me right there could be a, listen dear <laughs> listeners there could be a naked nazgul right next to you right now and you wouldn't know if you're in a car, it might be riding in your passenger seat. It called shotgun, though, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, as you might have heard in the uh, in some of the other podcast episodes we've done, we've talked a little bit about, like, um, different timelines of Third Age, Second Age, that sort of stuff. But um, as uh, Sauron arose in the Second Age to attack the kingdoms of Arnor and Gondor during the War of the Last Alliance... These Nazgul, or Ringwraiths, were stationed in Mordor in the areas around it, kind of as uh, Sauron's, like, lieutenants or um, that sort of stuff. They were captains of his armies and stuff like that. But after after the War of the Last Alliance, when Sauron was defeated, uh, they were kind of scattered around because they didn't really have a master. They didn't really have a purpose because the One Ring was taken by Isildur. And so uh, some of them went east um, trying to find Sauron. And some, like the Witch King of Angmar, who was the uh, the leader of the Ringwraiths, he stayed in the West and continued to terrorize the peoples of Middle-earth for many, many years. Wow. Um, but uh, during the War of the Ring, um, these, these uh, Nazgul uh, eventually showed up again because obviously the One Ring was found by Bilbo Baggins. Well, technically by Smeagol a long time ago, but... Bilbo again found it and brought it out into the open air and so Sauron was aware of this and the ring rates were sent out again to hunt for the ring and that's a big part of the books that's I mean that's why you see the ring rates in the Shire looking for uh, Baggins and the land of the Shire which was maybe that's what that guy was talking about I think so I don't know that's kind of weird know. Um, so oh, that would make sense actually yeah yeah no that I think that makes sense I hope it makes sense. <laughs> so during, None of this makes any no. sense. <laughs> I'm confused. During the War of the Ring, though, uh, some were stationed... Okay, thanks, Zach. Uh, some were stationed uh, in, uh, in Dol Guldur, and, um, which was an old fortress of Sauron's at one point, and some were stationed in Mordor, 
and some were stationed in Minas Morgul, which was the old city of Minas Ithil of Gondor, and uh, they were under the command of the Witch King, uh, who, like I said before, is the leader of the Ringwraith, so he was practically Sauron's, like, right-hand man, you know. Um, and uh, when, when Sauron discovered through torturing Gollum that uh, the name Shire and Baggins had something to do with the One Ring, um, he sent his ringwraiths out, and uh, so uh, they went looking for it, and then um, something happened, which I'm sure one of you two guys will mention in your sections, uh, unless... A spoiler, dude. <laughs> unless, you didn't, unless you didn't think of adding it, which You're I can You're ruining the suspense. Something happened. All right. <laughs> Wait, would it be me or Zach who says it? I don't know. What section do you have? I got the history, or who they are. Like, oh, who's it's probably are. Zach then. This is all on you, Zach. This is on you, <laughs> Zach. No War pressure. of the Rings section. Zach is yeah, kicked, yeah. Zach yeah. is kicked off the podcast if he doesn't say it. Dang, but I don't oh, know no. what it is. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so they, with all speed, they search for the ring, and so by the beginning of the book, um, we see that five of them are in the Shire, um, and they're uh, driving off the Rangers that are protecting the Shire. And, um, and then the other four are on a northern road near Bree, the village of Bree, and it's called the, the Greenway, and they're kind of stationed there waiting for news. So that's where, that's where we leave off uh, as far as uh, who they are and where they were uh, by the time the book started. And the ring race, I mean, the, they have a lot of magical abilities. Like I said, some of them were wizards. Uh, before they became wraiths and uh, so it's not not a lot of it is kind of shown in the movies at all which kind of sucks because it just makes them look like they're just scary robed guys <laughs> that's about it but um, they they do have uh, quite a few powers and abilities that um, they use to terrorize the people of middle earth what are they so I will tell you these <laughs> okay. Uh, Jay okay um, because you're so curious I'm pumped yeah to hear. okay good um, so like I said before, they were invisible to the naked eye, and they existed only in the unseen world, or like I said, the wraith world, and the only reason they were seen is because of the black robes, and it made them seem like they were actual physical beings, because you couldn't see their faces or anything, they, were, they had their hoods up, and, uh, but Frodo, uh, when he has the one ring on, during the, um, the first part of the Fellowship of the Ring, like on Weathertop, uh, he's able to see them because the One Ring allows the wearer to see in both the seen and unseen world. So Frodo is able to look into the Wraith world, and that's why he can see their actual faces as kind of like ghosty boys. Okay, so in the movie when he sees them, uh, they're wearing clothes when they're in the Ring ring world or the yeah. Wraith world. Are they technically naked because the clothes they put on, or are their phantoms have clothes on, too, or the phantom versions of them have clothes on? They're not, like, actual clothes, but they're just, like, I don't know. That's just, I guess, like, an image of them okay. as they were before they got turned into raids, so. Oh, I just thought they'd be, like, naked or something. No, I mean, I kind of wish, but. That'd be scarier. <laughs> the <laughs> ring are just men. free-balling it on their hunt <laughs> for the ring. Yeah, uh, that'd be so naked bad. Naked old men coming at you, <laughs> riding horses. <laughs> that would be ten okay. times more scared. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, when they were in uh, enraged by um, whatever they were enraged by, you know, being naked, <laughs> being naked, can't put clothes on. <laughs> uh, their previously unseen eyes uh, would actually appear under their hoods as orbs of fire, and so this is especially seen with uh, the Witch King. Uh, during the Battle of Pelennor Fields when he knocks down the gate of Minas Tirith and he faces off against Gandalf, uh, his eyes are like flames. And uh, I don't think they show that in the movie. It would be cool, but mm -hmm. that's what they thats what they do. Their eyes are basically fire. You know how you know it is. Yeah. Um, no normal weapons could harm them. Only weapons forged by elves of old or the men of West could harm them. So the uh, swords that... Uh, well, in the books, they kind of mention this, but the swords that uh, the four hobbits pick up in the uh, Barrow Whites, their barrows, um, they are swords of Dúnedain, uh, the swords of the men of the West, and they were forged specifically to kill enemies, or the uh, the uh, soldiers of the Witch King, so 
forged specifically to kill the Witch King, pretty much. Wow. And then, obviously, elves just have a really good way of making swords and weapons, so they can pretty much kill anything. Wait, so it's old elves? When does it cut off and they become, like, modern elves, or just, like, when does, um, when's the cutoff of old elves? Well, I don't think... What I meant is not really, like, old elves. I meant, like, weapons, like, weapons forged by elves of old. So, oh, okay. like, so not, so it's more like the weapons. I think, because elves in the earlier ages had a better understanding of uh, smithcraft than they do now. Oh, okay. And so what it is is they had, like, a certain way that they would craft the, uh, the swords that made it mm-hmm. so they could kill these sort of, like, spiritual things. Um, basically demon slayers. Yeah, that's kind of You know cool. how it is. Kind of cool. Uh, but the ringwraiths themselves actually had physical weapons. I mean, you see them wielding swords. So they, they had swords not only of steel, but also of flame. And they had poisonous daggers, which one of them used, was used to stab Frodo. Uh, they had poisonous arrows, and they had maces, like the Witch King of Angmar. He had a mace. Um, they had no power over the fearless, so if you were not afraid of them or really afraid of anything, and if you had like a very strong will, like a willpower, then they really had no power over you, but their power through fear greatly increased in the dark. So during the daytime, when their wraith form was greatly diminished, you uh, they didn't have as much power, but in the dark, in the night, when they could glide, a, glide across the ground spookily, uh, they spookily, <laughs> spookily. They had uh, much more power spookily. through fear. That makes uh, sense though, because everything's scarier at night. Yeah, that's true. I get spooked out at night. Yeah. Uh, and so because of this, they were surrounded by an aura of terror and fear, which caused all living things to flee before them or to cower. And uh, so, you know, I mean, you can cower imagine what <laughs> a horse, cower horse. No, cow, ca- cow or pig. Cow or pig. <laughs> cow or pig. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, like, like you can imagine, like, in the Shire when the the ringwraiths are searching for Baggins, you know, at night, and um, there's just uh, little ringwraiths gliding across the ground. Very Whoa. scary. Definitely spooky. very scary. Very spooky. Or spooky, sorry. Spooky. Whoa. It's spooky. Um, it's spooky. <laughs> so, uh, they also had... Uh, high-pitched shrieking cries which they used to communicate with one another which also instilled fear in others who heard it um so in the movies you can also hear them uh crying out to one another uh romeo uh, i don't know the <laughs> romeo, romeo, romeo. Romeo, romeo yeah i wish i knew how to quit you <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what they're saying yeah. <laughs> um they had a uh, a certain kind of disease-ridden breath called the black breath and uh it wasn't technically breathing because they're, you know, their spirits, their wraiths, but it was kind of part of their like aura of terror that went with them, it, and it caused uh, illnesses and plants would wither whenever they went by them, which is pretty crazy. So basically, yeah. they're just a flying cesspool of disease. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, and <laughs> that's um, that's even spookier. Yeah. But uh. So I said I mentioned earlier that they have swords and they're wearing robes, but they could not uh, actually interact with the physical world. And the reason that they have those swords and robes is because they're not like actual, like they're not just like everyday robes that you'd find or like just a sword. They were like they're pretty much magically forged. I mean, you know, Sauron forged magic rings, so obviously he knows how to forge magic swords. Yeah, I mean, we can do. And you know, you know, that's just how he is, man. You know how it goes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Can he magically Um, knit the robes too? Is that how they got those? I was, I was just thinking about that as soon as I said that he probably (laughs) made the swords, but I was like, I was like, where would, like, I can't imagine him doing that. He's just like, you know, those like montages (laughs) in movies where like the people are making a dress or something and it's like them on the sewing machine and then pinning it up and looking at it on the mannequin. Yeah. That's pretty much what he was doing. Dang. That's, that's pretty sweet. (laughs) Oh, I kind of have a theory, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of have a theory, actually. So, what if, because he he knows Shelob, Sauron knows Shelob, and he regularly, um, like, sends orcs over there, like, as prisoners for Shelob to eat. What if if he made the robes out of Shelob's webs, 
and he kind of made them like out of Ooh. like their her webs are pretty much like webs of darkness like they yeah. they trap out all light so what if he made those robes out of Shelob's uh, webs? That makes sense. He would be smart and he's outsourcing. Yeah, he's material. outsourcing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's an exporter importer. <laughs> Sauron was actually a, a very very good manager of Mordor. Yeah. Like but that's just good not boss. A, that's not like a scary title. That's originally what he was, the manager no. of Mordor. <laughs> but he had, he had to he had to instill some sort of fear in his uh, in his subjects and he had to earn his respect so he called himself the Dark Lord. Yeah, and then people are like, "Oh, okay, this guy means business." Yeah, business. He, that's what I he know, literally is. Yeah. More afraid of upper management Sauron than Dark Lord Sauron. Yeah, <laughs> CEO Sauron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good theory, though. That yeah. actually makes sense. Was, like before, we went to the outsourcing yeah, stuff before yeah. that, but him getting this materials from Shelob <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah, I uh, like that idea. Uh, one of the things, though, that could. Uh, kind of disorient them is if there was like some sort of attack or event that happened that uh removed their robes or armor or anything like that (laughs) (laughs) oh no my robe is falling off (laughs) yeah that's oops uh if that happened like when uh when the river kind of like washes them away that it also washes their robes off (laughs) so uh when that happens, because they don't have a form, they just go back to Sauron so they can receive more robes because apparently he has a whole closet of them. I don't know. This is what it said in the like official Tolkien Wikipedia, mm-hmm. Tolkien Gateway. Is and that part of why they're scared of water? Is I, Yeah, probably. Because it washes it, their yeah. clothes away and they're scared of being naked. They are, yeah, they're scared of water and fire, although it's weird because Sauron uses a lot of fire like in battles and stuff. So yeah. I don't know. And what are you gonna do? They're just kind of. I just. They're scared of a lot of things. Yeah. Um, they get so when they get enraged and their eyes burn, do they also get <laughs> terrified because suddenly their eyes are on fire? Well, well, no, they don't look in a mirror, so uh, that's they don't true. see their eyes. Yeah. But then if they look at the other not school eyes, they look they at, get scared. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Settle down, man. Um, they had. A uh, really bad vision, uh, pretty much like Jay's vision. Oh, I, I'm just kidding, man. Before LASIK, yeah, before no, LASIK. Fire in the eyes. <laughs> Dang. Oh, that's another theory. Like with the that theory, of, like why didn't the eagles just fly the thing, fly the ring? Is why didn't the Nazgul just get LASIK? That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why didn't they just get LASIK? They would have been able to see <laughs> so much better. Yeah. Also, why didn't they just go around naked so we nobody could see them? That's another theory. That's true. They yeah. had a huge disadvantage by dressing Dang. up. They're kind of they're kind of not smart. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I was saying, they had terrible vision in the like the physical world, the seen world. Yeah. Um, but in the unseen world, the wraith world, they could see others very clearly, especially if those people had very strong like uh like spirits. Um, so people like Frodo when he wore the ring because he was pretty much visible in the wraith world, and there is an elf named Glorfindel who is an elf of the first stage, but he dies in a battle with a Balrog, and he gets reincarnated, and he gets sent to Elrond and Rivendell. And so he's a very powerful elf. And uh, and uh, actually, the Ringwraiths were scared of him in the books. Oh, wow. And uh, he was the one who, uh, who helped Frodo get across the river to Rivendell, and uh, he uh, chased the Ringwraiths into the river so that Elrond could flood them. So he's a very powerful elf, and they could see his spirit in the Wraith world. Could it, they also see just like really strong vodka, because it's spirits. They're oh, spirits. <laughs> they could see people and then drinks. Dang man. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but that's another theory. Another theory. A g- I knew you were gonna say that. Uh, but we're not Tolkien theory. A Tolkien theory for copyright issues. Yes. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. The Witch King, uh, I don't, I mean, it could be for the other ones. I mean, all the other ones just say Shire Baggins, which is not really intimidating. But yeah. for the Witch King, he uh, had a very intimidating voice and a very powerful magical voice. And uh, some of the things he did with his voice was opera. Uh, he did. <laughs> Wait, he, really? No. <laughs> oh, dang. He, it's uh, like the Phantom of the Opera. He did some uh, scatting in his time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, he. 
He's, he, he's saying like musicals, you know, people singing musicals. Yeah, he was a, he was, he was a, actually in Cats. He was, he was a musical kid. Yeah. <laughs> he was a theater kid. Dang. That's why he's so scary. Everybody's like, oh, maybe not, dude. What the heck? Don't mess with the theater kid. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a Joker type person. Even God stops smiling when the theater kid gets mad. <laughs> 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 the devil shudders when theater kids get out of bed <laughs> when their feet hit the ground the the devil whispered to the theater kid a storm is coming the theater kid whispered back i am the storm <laughs> <laughs> sorry if there's any sorry if there's any theater kids listening uh tolkien had a huge hatred for theater kids <laughs> As he rightly should. Yeah, I'm no. just kidding. Oh no! I'm just kidding. Sorry. Oh. Uh, anyways, getting uh, getting back on track here. Um, so the Witch King was able in the uh, rant. <laughs> Stop hitting the mic. <laughs> when he ruled the realm Great, of Angmar no. in in the northwest of Middle Earth, he was able to uh, taunt the old king Aarnor of Gondor. And uh, basically, he was just like, "Yeah, I bet you can't duel me one on one. I bet I could win." Um, and Aarnor, the king, he was like, you know what, I'm going to take up this challenge, you know, you pretty much destroyed my armies in the north, so I'm going to take you on, and, uh, he just disappears, because the witch king pretty much just kills him. Oh, wow. He ambushes him and kills him, and he's never heard of again. Lol. Uh, and Lol. he also, uh, with his voice, the witch king also shatters the dagger of Frodo on Weathertop, which is insane. Yeah. He just... Does he do, like... Because you said opera, they do the yeah. really high pitch voice and it shatters the glass. Yeah, yeah. he just goes. That's <laughs> that's what he did. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he also was able to weaken the gates of Minas Tirith, uh, and before eventually breaking them with a uh, grand, and uh, yeah, the battering ram. Oh, I remember yeah. that. Grand, 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 So, <laughs> the Witch King was obviously the most powerful of the Ringwraiths because he was the leader, um, but. You know, so the, that's pretty much all of their powers and abilities. They had quite a few magical abilities. Like I said, some of them were wizards, so they probably had other magical abilities that Tolkien didn't talk about. But um, I don't know what he's talking about sometimes. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I, do, um, I do got a question about their, I do got a question about their powers. Yes, sir. So when they were men, they got, only had the powers when they wore the rings. Yeah. Were they still wearing the rings when they were ring wraiths? Yeah, technically. So if I they think. took off the rings, would they just die of old age, or what would happen? Um, I think, well, because they're wraiths now and they don't really have access to the physical world, I think oh. they're just, it's just a part of them now. Oh, but if it slips off, they just have to look at it. They can't pick it up. <laughs> they just push it with the sword. They're like, oh, <laughs> dang it, dang. Um, so I'm gonna, like I said, uh, very early on, they had quite a few names. I'm just gonna go through those real quick because they appear at least once somewhere in the books they're called the nazgul which literally means mings, mings. <laughs> what does it mean <laughs> which literally means ring wraith yeah. in the black speech of mordor in the black speech is a language that uh sauron created for his orcs to use mm -hmm. um they were called ring wraiths of course they were called the black riders or the fell riders mm -hmm. the nine riders because yep. there's nine of them obviously yep. uh very simply the nine <laughs> yep um, nine Servants of the Lord of the Rings. That's a very long title. Yeah. Um, that's like we put on your resume, but yeah, you don't yeah. say that. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah, you no, just no one calls them that, yeah. But it looks yeah. really nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they were called the Black Wings or the Wing Messengers when they rode on their, uh, their, you know, their fell beasts. Uh, they were called the Shadows, the Shriekers. And in the, uh, Elvish language of Quenya, which is like High Elvish, they were called the Ulairi. Which was, there wasn't like a really, like an accurate translation to it, but it was thought to have meant that those who are in or of unnatural shadows. So, a wraith, pretty much. Oh, wow. So, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so that's uh, pretty much the basics of the ring wraiths, and uh, I'll hand it over to uh, Jay here in a sec, pretty sure, right? Yeah. Yes, Jay, next. Um, but first, before I hand it over to him, I'm going to read a passage from The Fellowship of the Ring. In the Shadow of the Past chapter, page 56, if you guys want to go and find that too right now, I'll wait for you. I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, do you uh, want to read, you can do a cool accent? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, technically, it's Gandalf talking oh, so and explaining, got, oh, so I have to, Gandalf. like, <clears throat> that's I a, have to emulate my Gandalf voice. That's a rule someone, on the podcast. If you read yeah. a passage, you have to do a voice. Someone give me a pipe, and I'll smoke it real quick. Oh, uh, sorry. <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Here we go. My dear Frodo. <laughs> I don't know. That's okay. I think that's good. No, that's good. Uh, that's great. All right, all right. So he's talking about the rings here. Nine he gave to mortal men, proud and great, and so ensnared them. Long ago they fell under the dominion of the One, and they became ringwraiths, shadows under his great shadow, his most terrible servants. Long ago. It is many a year since the Nine walked abroad, yet who knows? As the shadow grows once more, they too may walk again. But come, we will not speak of such things even in the morning of the Shire. Wow, that was good. Oh, oh thank you, guys. Grant. Grant, no, Grant's clapping for himself. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I could have been a theater kid. <laughs> Grant's snapping for himself now. <laughs> Man, no, that was good. Do, that was actually really good. Dude. Let me appreciate what I did. Cool. That was good. That was very dude. cool. You you earned the snaps. You earned the snaps, dude. Okay, Thanks, yeah. Man. Well, uh, why don't we quick take an ad break and then we'll get back to or not back to me. We'll come to me and then come to Zach. <laughs> We'll go go to me and then go to Zach. Okay, see better. you guys after the ad. <laughs> hey everyone, have you been wondering where you can see the behind the scenes of this podcast or correct us when we inevitably get something wrong on the podcast? Well, I'm here to let you know. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth or on Twitter at expmiddleearth. If you don't want to look those up, links to both of those will be in the show notes. And we're back. Hello, everyone. Um, Hi, guys. We're back. Hello, and welcome back. <laughs> we're back, and I'm going to be doing uh, the history of the Nazgul, not like granted, but like who they are, and like specifically, individually, who they are. But I'm going to open up with a passage from the Great Book of the Silmarillion. Um, on, it's the uh, chapter of the Rings of Power in the Third Age. And it's just like a little like intro to what Sauron did and just what happened. So I'm going to try to do a voice. It's probably, it's definitely not going to be as good as Grant's, but, um, I am going, get this, man. uh, yeah, thanks. Okay. I'm just going to go and don't get mad if I pronounce any words wrong. I shouldn't, maybe I will, you know, I'm not even <laughs> going to say I shouldn't cause I probably will. Okay. <laughs> so this is a Silmarillion. The men proved easier to ensnare. Those who used the Nine Rings became mighty in their day, kings, sorcerers, and warriors of old. They obtained glory and great wealth, yet it turned to their undoing. They had, as it seemed, unending life, yet it became unendurable to them. They could walk, if they would, unseen by all eyes, in this world beneath the sun. And they could see things in the world invisible to mortal men, but too often they beheld only the phantoms and delusions of Sauron. And one by one, sooner or later, according to their native strength and the good or evil of their wills, in the beginning they fell under the thalindrum of the ring that they bore and under the domination of the one, which was Sauron's. And they became forever invisible, save to him who wore the ruling ring, and they entered into the realm of shadows, the Nazgul they were, the ring wraiths, the enemy of the most terrible servants. Darkness went with them, and they cried with voices of death. Spooky. 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 Oh, yeah, well, I'll, very good. To you guys, it'll sound like I just sped right through that, but I did not speed right through that. But yeah, <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> so basically, yeah, I really didn't speed through it. But I'm gonna edit it so it sounds like I did. So yeah, so Sauron basically gave him the rings, and uh, you heard what they could do and couldn't do, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and the, it's one of the the one of those sentences was, and they became forever invisible, safe to him who wore the ruling ring, which is uh, the uh, whoever wore the one ring could see him. Like Grant said, when Frodo put it on Weathertop, he could see them because if you have the one ring on, you could see. So yeah, so basically, Sauron gave the nine rings to the men. And uh, these rings slowly took dominion over the men, and they were at the will of Sauron, so they were under his dominion. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to force that dominion joke. But yeah, so Sauron gave uh, the nine rings to nine men, and then... Sorry, dude. So, <laughs> no, that was me. Yeah. So, yeah, so he gave it to them, and in the, uh, the year of the Second Age, 2251, the Nazgul first appeared in 
Middle Earth. So they were first spotted. We don't know what they were doing. They could have been having like a picnic or something, but they were spotted. Um, and from what we know, three of the Ringwraiths, or the Nazgul, were Numenorians, and one was an Easternling. And uh, there's two, only two of them we actually know who they are uh, specifically. Or, well, one of them we know specifically, the other one we know, like, generally who they were. But I'm going to go over those two right now. So the first, and the leader of the Nazgul, was the Witch King of Angmar. You heard Grant talking about him. Uh, he was the second in command to Sauron. And who, exactly who he was was not known, but it's theorized that he was a Numenorian. So he's one of the three Numenorians. And after Sauron's defeat uh, by the Last Alliance, the Witch King of Angmar... Uh, for over, hid for over millennium, but he eventually re reappeared and found the evil realm of Angmar, and that's where he got his name, the Witch King of Angmar, because he came back and was like, I'm going to go to Angmar. We don't know why he chose Angmar or what, but that's where he got back. And you see him in the movies um, when uh, he's killed in that big old battle by Mary and... I forgot her name. Eowyn. Eowyn. Mary and Eowyn uh, stab him. Or, yeah, yes, he gets yeah. killed by them, by Eowyn, uh, gets the last blow. But yeah, so you see him get killed in uh, The Return of the King, right? That's the last one. Yep. And then, so his second in command, oh, so uh, the Witch King of Angmar's second in command, so technically the third in command to Sauron, is uh, Kamul. Yep. And, uh, yes, I got that right. I yeah, knew that. Because I, I already talked about him in the last episode, so I knew it. And everybody's proud of me. Thank <laughs> you, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm very proud. Okay. So his name was Kamul. Uh, he's also known as the Black Easternling or the Shadow of the East. Uh, and can anybody tell me why it's Shadow of the East? No, it's because he was an Easternling. Nobody can tell oh. me because I have it written down. <laughs> okay. He was the one Easternling, was Kamul. And um, he lived in Dol Guldur. So if you want to know where that is, look at a map of Middle Earth. Then look in the middle and towards the top. And you'll see the big forest of Mirkwood. Dolgaldor is at the southern end of Mirkwood, uh, the bottom of it, a little towards on the left side. Um, so that's where he was stationed. Um, that's where he lived. And um, you see him in the movies because uh, he was the one who came to Hobbiton and interrogated uh, Hamfast Gamgee. You see him say Shire Baggins or whatever. Um, not He doesn't say or whatever. <laughs> Shire Baggins or whatever, I guess. Shire Baggins no. or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so he says, he's that's him right there that says that and is looking for them. So he's one of the uh, five that Grant said were in there. Dang, that's cool. Next time you watch that movie, just think about that. <laughs> yeah. Shire Baggins <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, so those were the only two that um, we know who they were. We do know that other... Two other ones were Numenorians. We don't know exactly who they were. And we don't know the names of them. They're just some randos. But they were, all of them were, um, as Grant said, men who had a lot of power. That's why Sauron picked them. And put on the rings. They got slowly over time. Took the, or were uh, at the dominion of the will of Sauron. Yeah, and so that's it. Just the two of them. That's all we know. And I wish we knew more because they're super interesting. But, I mean, you can't ask for too much am i right 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 yeah so See, that's all we got can't for... ask for anything anymore because tolkien is dead oh yeah what well also i don't, I don't mean to spoil it or Tolkien's anything dead oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so that's it <laughs> oh, yeah. the two guys the witch king of angmar and kamul so, Zach, why don't Very you take cool. it away with their story in the Third Age? Take it away! <laughs> I sure can. Let's go, Zach! I can take it away greatly with uh, what they were doing in the time of... Uh, that I imagine most of our listeners are familiar with. The time of the War of the Ring, um, which we see... The Lord of, of the, the Rings. <laughs> yes, the thank Lord you for that. The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes, the Lord of the Rings. Um, looking specifically at um, the War of the Ring period, um, in the year 3017 of the Third Age, Sauron commanded the Ringwraiths um, to recover the One Ring um, from Baggins of the Shire after they uh, tortured um, Gollum. And Baggin, learned that... Baggins, Baggins of the Shire or whatever. 
or whatever. <laughs> Technically, or whatever. Bagging these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, that was um, a good one, Grant. That was, that was really a good. One. good. <laughs> so, um, from thirty seventeen on, the the ring race were deployed to scour Middle Earth. Uh, in search of the Shire and in search of Baggins. Um, ultimately, of course, in search of the ring. Or whatever. <laughs> um, whatever. So, w- the first move in this search, Sauron actually decided to assault Gondor um, using the Nazgul. And he led an attack on Osgiliath, which... Um, in their attack, they caused terror with this black shadow that they wrought, which was a kind of evil blight that they inflicted to their victims, which would cause them to slip into this cold, dark sleep and never recover. And as they did so, they would murmur until a gray shadow fell on their faces, after which they would surely slip into darkness. Uh, which That's is no super good. spooky. And super That's spooky. Um, super spooky. But... This open attack on Asgiliath was a feigned move, as Gondor was led to believe that the Nazgul were the vanguard for Sauron's forces, when in reality, his plan was to send them now in secret to search for the One Ring. So, in most of this now happens in uh, the year 3018 of the Third Age. Um, so the Nazgul were given black horses to ride, which were stolen from Rohan. And they set off to find the Shire. Um, in their searches, they learned from a fellow named the Squint-Eyed Southerner um, that Saruman wasn't a true. He was ally named that. <laughs> well, that that's what name? they called him. I mean, <laughs> I, every, he's a, his he, last he, name's he the Southerner. He didn't have like a, a well-known name, but people knew him as that. It, he actually, some believed that he was a half orc. Um, and had uh, orc blood within him um, because he kind of looked like a goblin. Wait, so he would be half orc, half human? Yeah. Yeah. Are there any female orcs? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's never made clear. Yeah, so it would have to be a female human in an orc man. That female human was down bad. pretty much hey but we're not here to judge we're not here to judge she was down bad if (laughs) she was down bad if she was goblin d (laughs) (laughs) dang it grant because they're also called goblins you know yeah yeah yeah, thanks guys hey hey step away from me Grant, Grant's on fire. We're gonna have to Jake, get away from Take his mic back. away from hey, me. Hey, 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 hey. Well, if you keep if you keep spitting fire on that mic, the Nazgul are gonna get afraid. <laughs> get afraid. <laughs> <laughs> gonna get afraid. I swear that's no. Um, I don't. Know, this... That just sounds funny. Back on track, the squint-eyed Southerner um, was a trusted agent of Saruman until the Nazgul kind of twisted him and got information out of him, and he kind of revealed. Uh, well, Saruman isn't quite the ally to Sauron, he purported. Um, but in their first attempt, the Nazgul didn't really find anything they were looking for. So they returned to the Wold of Rohan empty-handed, and they met with messengers of Sauron, who sent them back to Isengard, where they encountered Grima Wormtongue, who told them where the Shire was. And... So they knew where to go, but not before leaving with him a threatening message for Saruman because of what they had learned. Um, so they uh, ventured into the Shire, and they crossed the fords of Isen, reaching Sauron Ford, um, which was guarded by rangers of the north, which they had to drive off. And like five of them uh, pursued the rangers eastward, and then they came back and guarded the Greenway, while the other four entered the Shire. And uh, as mentioned previously, at nightfall on September 23rd, Kamal, who Jay described, uh, that's when he came to Hobbiton and he interrogated Hamfast Gamgee about Baggins, um, not knowing that Frodo had left the Shire earlier that day. And uh, on September 24th... How could he know? How could he know? Yeah, how could he know? You can't blame him, man. I No blame to him, you know. 
It's an honest search, an honest effort. Nothing they can hey, do. Hey, like I said, we're not here to judge. Not here to, this is not a judge. This is a judgment-free judge. podcast. Yeah. Judgment-free Halloween The following Halloween day. <laughs> <laughs> the following day, September the 24th, um, a writer began to approach Frodo and his hobbit companions near the woody end in East Farthing. Um, but a wandering company of elves approached from Emin Baraid. I might have pronounced that wrong. Um, chanting the name Elbereth, which is, of course, the Sindarin name for Varda, Queen of the Valar, which caused the writer to flee. Uh, a little scaredy boy. Mm. On I'd be September, too. I would be afraid. On September the 25th, <laughs> <laughs> the writer uh, came to Farmer Maggot and asked about Baggins. Um, the farmer, of course, said, uh, well, he directed them to Hobbiton, but the writer had said Baggins had left Hobbiton, and he promised gold if he would inform him the next time he returned. But the farmer felt a chill um, and was enraged by the writer's trespassing, threatening him with his dogs who, given their nature, yelped and ran away from the writer. Um, so the Nazgul was infuriated by the farmer maggot's defiance, so he just kind of hissed at him and rode off. <laughs> On September the 26th, two riders came to the prancing pony at Bree, and they asked Nob, who worked there, for Baggins. Um, but Nob became terrified as these, as those riders came up and all of the dogs and geese became uneasy, so he just kind of slammed Wait. the door in their face. Is Nob the guy who, in the movies, he opens the door and he looks through? No. Is that, oh. I was going to say, that's a perfect no. name, because he's pretty much a doorknob. He opens and closes the door. <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. A missed opportunity, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, after Nob slammed the door in their face, they kind of just went on. They went all the way to Arquette, or Archette. I don't actually know how it's pronounced. Um, which was a <laughs> remote settlement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I it's think a either of those are right, Zach. <laughs> Two of them? Huh? Anyway. What? <laughs> huh? <laughs> anyway. Uh, a remote... It was a... Arcat was a remote settlement of Breland on the northern edge of the Chetwood. Um, obviously, they didn't find the hobbits there. Uh, a few days later, the hobbits arrived in Bree. And um, Bill Fernie and the squint-eyed southerner gave information about how one of the hobbits mysteriously had disappeared. We, of course, know this to be Frodo accidentally putting the ring on. Yes. On December exactly. th- sep- September 30th, not December. Getting a little ahead of myself there. On September the 30th, <laughs> um, the, writer, the writers raided Crick Hollow, a small buckland settlement, while others sneaked into the prancing pony and raided the hobbit's room. The hobbits, of course, were safe, because a good fellow named Aragorn took them to his room. Um, and that day, Aragorn led the hobbits away from Bree. So the riders pursued Gandalf um, from Bree, and they attacked him at, at night on Weathertop. Um, and he used magic, of course, to defend himself, because he's a cool, epic wizard like that. And I believe in yeah. the books... Um, the uh, hobbits and striders see this from afar as they are making their approach. Um, uh, let's see. Lost my place. Wait, why do you believe that? Because you haven't read the books. What's your basis for believing that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the official Tolkien wiki, Tolkien Gateway, of course. Oh, okay, oh. okay, okay. Okay. Uh, a trusted source. <laughs> a trusted source. So, um,. As the hobbits and Aragorn continued their journey to Rivendell, um, they were attacked as the um, riders attacked again um, while they were camping under Weathertop. And the Witch King of Angmar wounded Frodo with a Morgul wound um, because of his poison cursed blade. Um, he was capable of wounding Frodo in a way that threatened him threatened to turn him into a wraith himself. On October the Oh, that would be funny. Well, it wouldn't be funny to see Frodo as a wraith, but it would be funny um, to see him as a wraith because it'd be all... It'd be nine, like, tall guys and then just 
one or an eleven or a tenth like short guy on a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> donkey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, on October eleventh. Three of the riders were guarding the last bridge of Mithithel. I might have pronounced that right. Who knows? Mithethel. Mithethel. I knew that. It, hold your tongue and say Mithethel. <laughs> Mithethel. <laughs> Wait, it just sounds normal. <laughs> it's supposed to be Wait, the hold apple your thing. tongue and say, yeah. My say apple. apple. <laughs> oh! Grant, no profanity. Come on. So. <laughs> Uh, they were guarding this bridge, expecting to intercept Aragorn and the hobbits as they continued to Rivendell. But guess mm. who showed up and drove them away? Glorfindel himself. Oh. Glorfindel. A couple days later. Glorfindel. <laughs> an earned yes. cheer. Um, the riders were pursuing Frodo across the ford of Brunin. Um, Brunin. Brunin. Uh, it was Elrond and Gandalf who released a flood uh, to stop the riders, um, and the water swept away and drowned the riders' horses. Wait, is Thusly this in the movie foiled. when when Eowyn saves Frodo and then Arwen? Arwen, not Arwen. Arwen. Yeah, we see Arwen. Killed. We see Arwen do it in the movie, um, but in the books, in fact, yeah. it was Elrond and Gandalf. Okay. Um. So, those pesky hobbits and their friends foiled the ringwraiths uh, and they kind of had to give up and go home um, so they returned to Mordor and <laughs> oh, regrouped rats. they can't um, actually snap no. they can't snap they would they later reappear <laughs> this time on great flying creatures known by many names fell beasts, hell hawks or in a letter Tolkien called them Nazgul birds which I think is a pretty good name for them um <laughs> The these fell beasts um, replaced the horses that they lost um, at the ford of Brunin, um, and I also have a very short passage of description for them from the text. So I will adopt do, a do voice. voice. Well, we're of all course, reading. Of course, do a voice. We've all got our own passages. <clears throat> do voice. I'm doing a voice. I'm doing a voice. Okay, just <sighs> making sure. It was a winged creature. If bird, then greater than all other birds. And it was naked, and neither quill nor feather did it bear. And its vast pinions were as webs of hide between horned fingers. And it stank. A creature of an older world, maybe it was. That is as the fell beasts are described. Dun dun dun! Why is everything <laughs> naked? Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> you are nudity. Nothing is scarier uh, in Middle Earth than nudity. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, the fell beasts were uh, Na- what were they naked. Wrote, were naked, just as the ring race themselves. So it was and naked old men riding naked birds. <laughs> naked big naked birds. So Big naked birds, and that's kind of like what they name. wore, and, and and we see them in the Battle of Pelennor Fields, and all these uh, in the final uh, end of the War of the Ring, um, riding these fell beasts, and it is at the end of the war that the Nazgul meet their end. Obviously, Jay mentioned, or maybe Grant, one of them mentioned. I have a poor memory. Um, that the Witch King, Lord of the Nazgul, was struck down by Eowyn, of course with the help of Mary, who gained the title of Mary the Magnificent after um, during the Aww. Battle of Pelennor Fields. Aww. The remaining eight fought at the last battle at the Black Gate, but when Frodo put on the ring in the fires of Mount Doom, Sauron commanded them to fly with all possible speed to Mount Doom to intercept Frodo and claim the ring, but they arrived too late. And as Gollum fell into the fires with the ring in hand, the firestorm of the erupting Mount Doom uh, consumed the Nazgul, and evil was vanquished. And that is the uh, that's the Nazgul. Let's go, that's a man. picture wrap on the Nazgul. Very good, very good. 
Yeah, that was. They're a lot spookier than I thought. The more I learn about them, the spookier they get. That's right. Boo! Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> the spookiest thing for me is that they rode big stinky birds that didn't have any feathers. <laughs> Big stinky birds. It's just like Tolkien got tired of describing them, and, and they were stinky too. <laughs> they stink. <laughs> they stinky. They're like stinky bird. Um, do you think the reason that the Nazgul chose to ride them is because how stinky they were? They're well, like, hmm, not stinky enough. And it's a car salesman. <laughs> this one's really stinky. Not stinky enough. How about this bad boy? <laughs> I'll go talk to my manager, see how much stink I can get on this thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was our whole thing about the Nazgul, and um, our new tradition we're starting. We have three trivia questions for Grant and Zach. Oh, Ooh. boy. And as is last time and every time, uh, it'll start Middle out. Middle Earth trivia. Yeah. That's Boo! A, <laughs> that's a good Spooky edition. Yeah, spooky edition. Trivia okay. night. So, one point per question. Um,. Each question, it should get harder. The further, uh, the first each question will be easier. It'll get harder. I'll ask Grant one, then Zach one, then Grant one. Ooh, okay. Okay. <clears throat> Grant, what were the two nicknames Kamul had? Oh, uh, Shadow of the East and Kamul mm -hmm. the Easterling. Yes. The other one was Black Easterling. Those oh. are the two names. But Kamul the Easterling, I'll count that. Okay. Two, one point for Grant. Okay. Okay. Now we're gonna move on to Zach. Who was the dumb one? Season will be easier. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> how many of the Nazgul were Numenorians? Oh, jeez. Oh, it's got a, at least one, right? Yeah, but is that your final answer? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. One, three. One you mentioned that there were three, right? What's your final answer? Final answer, three. I'm locking it in. Correct. Yes. Yay. Yeah. We're all tied up Woo. after two questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. This one might be a little harder, Grant. Well, it should okay. be a little harder. What year did the Nazgul first appear in Middle-earth? Oh, was it like 2251? Exactly. What age? Second age. Second age. Yeah. Congratulations. Grant got two right. Impressive. I had to make sure it was second age. Oh, yeah. Okay, Zach. <laughs> you ready for your question mm -hmm. two? I'm ready. Dol Guldur is at the southern edge of which forest in Middle-earth? The Mirkwood. Congratulations, Zach. Jay, I Ooh. thought you said it was going to get harder. Sorry. <laughs> Dang it, Jay, dude. I don't know. Zach's I, like, Zach's I like so dumb that I don't know where. <laughs> Jay, do you not remember I did a whole bit on Dol Guldur? Sorry. Oh, yeah, you know what? I'll give you a bonus point because Grant has a bonus point in his next one. What side of the southern edge is Dol Guldur on? Wait, of what? Merkley. What? Okay, it's either on the east side or the west side of Dol Guldur. Or oh. of so the bottom of Mirkwood. It's <laughs> okay, it's either on the east side or west side of the bottom of Mirkwood. Which side is it on? Ooh, that is a tricky one. I'm going to go with uh, east. You're wrong. No! It's the west. Ah. I even said that in this thing. I yeah. guess I did say left instead of west. You got the point for the question, but yeah. you didn't get the bonus. So it's all tied up. But if I'll Grant doesn't get the bonus point on this one okay so this is <laughs> okay on or on which date did the two black riders come to the prancing pony at brie like which month and day oh okay it was uh september um it was the year 3018 just so that you know dang that was the bonus point um, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the bonus point but he, he needs to get uh, the date right it was uh september 20 September 21 Is that your final answer? Yeah. No, 26. Oh. Dang it, but you did get the bonus points, so he's at 3 points. We're tied. Okay. I knew it was in the 20s. Yeah. Okay, Zach, you can only tie or lose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dang. Sorry, I just I just hit the desk. I'm excited, man. Okay. <laughs> While normal weapons could not hurt the Nazgul, what type of weapons could? I know this There's one cuz I'm paying types. attention. Elven weapons and weapons forged by the men of the West. Congratulations! Nice. Tied again, dude. Woo! I don't know, I have to wow. Zach didn't even have to have a lifeline on this one. I Zach, used them all good. last time. Dang. Yeah. Dang, those were pretty tough questions. Okay, I'm going to make Zach's harder next, uh, next episode. <laughs> I'm paying attention. But yeah, <laughs> I'm glad I stumped Grant on one of them. Yeah. Okay, but we'll see how much I can stump more. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Boo! Okay. Uh, <laughs> happy Halloween, everyone. Yeah. yeah. I know this episode comes out... Uh, like the 25th? Wh- yeah, a while before Halloween. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, so it comes out the 25th. So if you're yeah. listening to this right now, it's either the 25th of October or a later date. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So not earlier. Or any other day <laughs> after that. So, so happy Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Boo! Boo! Oh. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And we will see you guys next episode. But Ooh. remember, it's not going to be as spooky. So if this was too scary for you, just wait till next episode. It, it won't gets be better. Hold out. It, it gets, gets better. It gets spookier. Ooh. Ooh. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Exploring Middle-Earth. Grant, Zach, and I had a great time making it, and we hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you enjoy the podcast and want to support us, there's two ways you can do that. One way is to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. This helps us a lot because it builds up our reputation. You can also share this episode or the podcast with your friends. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth, or on Twitter at expmiddleearth, where we will post updates and behind-the-scenes pictures. The link to both of those accounts will be in the show notes. Each episode goes up every other Monday, so episode 9 will be up on November 8th. In that episode, we will cover Aragorn, so be on the lookout for that. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.